Hey, this is Mike C. of The Natural Man Podcast. I gotta get this out of the way right off the top. The Natural Man Podcast is intended as general information for educational purposes only and should not be constituted as medical advice or diagnosis of any kind or as a substitute for medical treatment. The information provided in this podcast is not meant to replace the advice of or treatment by any physician. Do not rely upon any information to replace consultations or advice received by qualified health professionals regarding your own specific situation. If you suspect that you have a medical problem, you are urged to seek competent medical help. The Natural Man Podcast and its representatives and agents disclaim any liability for any negative or other medical or other outcomes that may occur as a result of acting on or not acting on any information contained in the podcast. The views and opinions expressed by the host and all guests are their own, and their appearance on this podcast and at the website of The Natural Man Podcast does not imply an endorsement of them or any entity they represent, and does not necessarily reflect the views and opinions of the natural man podcast that's it here we go natural living in a not so natural world this is the natural man podcast welcome to the natural man podcast my name is mike c we're so glad you've joined us for this edition um this is a podcast about health wellness and discovering new ways to improve one's vitality and don't let our name mislead you. I've gotten some feedback um, about our name over the past couple months. And this is not just an exclusive podcast for men and men's health and men's wellness. This is by natural man podcast. We actually mean to encompass mankind, humanity, men and women. So we want we want the things that we discuss on this podcast to really appeal to both genders and and all groups of people. So um, that's, you know, we don't want to come off like we're just looking at men's health and, and, and those things we want to explore, uh, you know, women's health as well. So that's really sort of the foundation of our, our mission and purpose is just to explore, uh, new and innovative ways to achieve wellness, because as scientific innovations continue to, to come out and we learn more and more about our bodies and chemistry, uh, we want to be able to delve into some of that some of that material and, and talk with experts who are in the know. Um, so, so that's sort of our mission and purpose. Uh, thanks for joining us. Um, if you're on Instagram, check us out at natural man podcast. Um, we're on there posting things and, uh, you can interact with us on there and see what we're up to. Um, today I want to talk about my favorite mineral and that is magnesium. Uh, like a lot of minerals, magnesium is essential, and our bodies rely on it quite heavily. And, you know, one might say that magnesium is, or, or having a favorite mineral is kind of silly because every mineral that we need plays an important and unique role in our bodies. But the reason I say that magnesium is one of my favorite minerals, and I'm not the first person to say that, is because it just plays such a diverse role in our body systems and our wellness. And, and we need it. We need to um, be able to take in magnesium in some form every day. And when I began my health journey into nutrition several years ago, the dialogue was a little bit different. Um, at that time, it was said that magnesium was responsible for some 300 different enzyme processes in the body. Today, some of the most notable 
researchers are saying that that the number of enzyme systems in the body that magnesium impacts is closer to 800, which is really just surreal when you think about that. And when you just take into consideration the magnitude of how much magnesium does in our bodies, it becomes very clear that one cannot live without it. And a deficiency will manifest itself in a variety of ways, depending on the person. One important thing it does is that it keeps the calcium balance within the cells. Uh, there's a great book out by Dr. Carolyn Dean called The Magnesium Miracle. Just an amazing, amazing book. And in this book, Dr. Dean talks about how calcium builds up in our tissues as we age. It deposits in places like our arterial walls, which is how atherosclerosis begins to develop. It's also seen in the pineal gland, which affects melatonin production, which then in turn impacts sleep quality as we age. Uh, so it can be a contributing factor to insomnia. And after decades of research, Dr. Dean believes that the majority of people in the industrialized world are magnesium deficient. Um, it is believed that this is mainly because of depleted soils from industrialized agriculture in the modern age. Our soils are not as mineral rich as they once were. And so this leads many to believe that the deficiencies in key nutrients um, are, are prevalent and the human body is not getting what it needs. Uh, we experience a deficient intake of vital nutrients. And when that happens over time, we eventually deplete our reserves. And that's when symptoms can begin to creep up. For myself personally, it was a cardiac arrhythmia. I personally noticed a pattern as I continued to neglect optimizing my magnesium levels just because I just wasn't really knowledgeable on it my symptoms worsened. And as I said, it's going to be different for different people. So, um, you know, that's, it's not going to manifest that way in everybody. Now it is interesting to note that using a two gram IV drip of magnesium sulfate in the emergency room is actually quite common in the U S as an arrhythmia treatment. And I've also read that they can give up to four grams of IV magnesium sulfate to pregnant women. Of course, these higher doses are only given in a clinical setting under the care of a, a competent physician. It's not something people should try at home by any stretch. And, you know, there are others, there are other symptoms that can manifest, such as migraine headaches, sleep issues, anxiety, muscle cramps that can be very painful. Thyroid issues have been linked to magnesium. It's a pretty extensive list. And another problem is that the amount of processed food that many people consume on the standard American diet, the SAD diet, um, can cause one to become extremely deficient in vital minerals like magnesium because 
these processed foods are just not nutrient dense. A lot of them are not. And you'll find more things like sodium and preservatives over vital nutrients and, and enzymes. If you eat a salad or a smoothie, you know, it would be much more, much more nutritious than most packaged foods because um, it's just more nutritionally dense. These are made from whole foods. And so this is one of the reasons that I'm such a big proponent of the plant-based diet. A proper plant-based diet. I mean, you can eat horribly on a plant-based diet too if you're not careful. But when it's rooted in wise food choices, the plant-based diet is much more nutrient-dense. Plants contain an abundance of minerals and vitamins. And I'm sorry to say, but, you know, white flour cookies, sugary snacks, a lot of packaged foods are much less nutrient dense. These foods actually lack in minerals and vitamins. They may satisfy a craving and even an appetite, but the reality is they don't nourish. So when the body continues to run on suboptimal stores, that's where problems can arise. And nourishing with essential minerals and vitamins is really the key. And even with more nourishing diets, there is data indicating that our food supply in general is nutritionally compromised. The Crop Journal, a bi-monthly international peer-reviewed research journal covering all aspects of crop sciences, published a report detailing a trend of depleting magnesium in plants which then in turn affects the food supply of humans. In particular, they examined the downward trend of magnesium content in cereal grains over a period of time. It's an interesting study. Um, I can't recall the exact duration of the time they used to measure the downward trend of magnesium, um, but it might be something that's in that report. I, I can't recall offhand. I will post it in the show notes, though, so you guys can have a look if you're interested. Um, in that same report, they noted that two-thirds of people surveyed in developed countries received less than their minimum daily magnesium requirement. Again, you can check out the link. I'll, I'll post it in the show notes. And I've also encountered research that the lab test RBC magnesium which measures the magnesium content of red blood cells, um, the ranges have fallen over the years. When people used this test years before, the, um, the magnesium level that was measured in people was significantly higher than it is today. And the median, the median range was much higher, as I said, and... Now people are just measuring lower and lower amounts. And could this be a factor to the prevalence of human disease in the industrialized world? Well, I think it's possible. Given all that we know about magnesium and the literally hundreds of functions that it serves in our physiology, 
I personally think it's a factor in the equation. I'm not a scientist. I'm not an expert in this field. But based on the research that's available, I'm just trying to follow the logic here. So that's my opinion. And on the subject of the food supply, I don't see documentation on the lack of calcium in the soils. That might be something worth investigating further if somebody hasn't already. Perhaps somebody has. Because we know that calcium is a magnesium antagonist. And this is only conjecture, but if our calcium intake remains consistent and our magnesium intake is declining, this creates an unwanted imbalance of these minerals in the body. It's in the literature that calcium balance in the body is kept in check by magnesium. They work together. So if magnesium's not there, or if you don't have enough of it, what are the implications? Dr. Carolyn Dean addresses this issue in her book on page 55. She says that without magnesium, calcium will not work properly and it will begin to precipitate into the tissues. So essentially, we're getting this influx of calcium rushing into the tissues from this mineral imbalance in our food supply. And then the lack of magnesium may be the culprit in certain disease presentations. It's an interesting theory, and um, I, don't think it's, I don't think it's outrageous to think that. We know already that calcium buildup along the arterial wall contributes to plaque buildup in atherosclerosis. And on top of that, research dating back to 2003 noted that too much calcium can cause some forms of kidney stones as well as osteoporosis. This is also mentioned in Dr. Dean's book. There are other symptoms that can arise from excessive calcium in the cells, calcium in the cells too. And we know that calcium channel blockers, the cardiac medications, are used to remedy problems of calcium imbalance, such as we see in cardiac arrhythmia, where overexcited calcium ions trigger undesired signals during membrane depolarization in the conductive tissues of the heart. There's a certain excitability that happens when those calcium ions are not kept in check and they can act up and the cardiac tissues become excitable. So just from those things alone, we can know that excessive calcium is disruptive in our normal physiological processes. Calcium can also accumulate in other soft tissues because it can move around more when it's unchecked and magnesium is not around to keep it at bay. It can accumulate in other areas, causing painful muscle cramping in the legs. And as I already mentioned earlier in the podcast, it can also accumulate in the pineal gland, which impacts melatonin production, and then that in turn impacts sleep. There is a lot that magnesium does in the body, and there's no way I can even scratch the surface in this single podcast. 
But perhaps we should do another podcast in the future to explore this complex role of magnesium in our bodies. There's just so much to cover. Of course, one must check with their physician before beginning supplementation, as there are some contraindications to magnesium supplementation. One contraindication that is important to note is kidney disease. As there is a risk of overdose if kidney function is compromised and there are clearance issues in that person. Bradycardia is another one, and that's an excessively slow pulse. Magnesium could slow it further, causing an you know unwanted negative effects on the cardiovascular system. Hypotension is another one. Low blood pressure is another factor that one must consider because magnesium could actually lower it further. Uh, bowel obstruction is another one that I've seen in the literature. So it's not really a protocol one should start without the supervision of a functional medicine doctor who's knowledgeable on magnesium. There are other contraindications that are, are mentioned in Dr. Dean's book, which are worth looking at. Now, testing. As far as testing goes, many clinicians run the standard serum magnesium test. That's the one most people see. And according to Dr. Dean, this is not a very reliable test. And I have to say, this is just anecdotal, but from my own experience, I second that. I was once chronically low in magnesium and having major symptoms associated with magnesium deficiency. I had taken one magnesium supplement one morning. And then I did a serum test with a physician an hour or so later. And my result came back high. That was from a single dose of 120 milligrams of magnesium glycinate that same morning. An hour later, my serum levels are high. And after months of searching and researching, I had come to the conclusion that I was very low in total body magnesium because I just had a number of symptoms. But then the serum test says I was high. So I don't know if that's a reliable test, in my opinion, and some of the top researchers on magnesium in the world share that view. So that's worth noting. I know that the, dose, the dosages that I was taking were too low for my specific needs at the time. So perhaps serum magnesium testing, like other serum tests for certain nutrients, only represents maybe the transport of a nutrient and not necessarily tissue or whole body status. I don't know the answer to that, but that's something I'm, I'm guessing from everything we see here. Unfortunately, the serum magnesium test is still commonly used in lab work by clinicians today. And from the data presented in Dr. Dean's book, it just doesn't appear to be the best test for magnesium tissue status, which is really the info that we're after if we suspect a deficiency. There's then the RBC magnesium test. We mentioned that one earlier in the podcast, and that one tests magnesium present in red blood cells, which gives us 
more details about what is present in tissues. RBC is definitely better than serum, but Dr. Dean says it's still not the best. In chapter four of Dr. Dean's book, she explains the differences between the three lab tests currently available for magnesium. And by far, she feels that the best one, the superior test, is the ionized magnesium test. In her book on page 414, Dr. Dean writes that ionized mineral testing measures the mineral ions that are present in the blood and that these ions are the active component of the mineral working within the cells. So it sounds like ionized magnesium is the way to go for testing. Unfortunately, there's a catch. This test at the time of this podcast that I'm recording is not really commercially available. That's as far as I know. It's only uh, conducted in research hospital settings and it is not commercially available. I've done some online searches. I wasn't able to come up with anything. If, if anyone watching or listening knows otherwise, please leave a comment and, and let us know. Um, I would love to be wrong on this. Believe me. It'd be great if that test was commercially available. I'm not claiming to have the most up-to-date information, but I have not been able to find that test commercially available anywhere. I've even called some, some of the more cutting-edge commercial hospital institutions in the U.S., and I came up blank in my searches. Maybe there's some institution out there that does it, but I, I haven't been able to find it. But it doesn't mean it's not out there. I just can't find it. So please, again, by all means, someone prove me wrong. And if you know otherwise, leave it in the comments section. If you want additional research on magnesium, you can check out the website mgwater.com, which is the homepage of the late Dr. Mildred Selig. Dr. Selig published an immense body of research that's available on this website. And a lot of it is, is incredible. There's a lot of fantastic research and information that you can, you can get from reading the works of Dr. Selig on her many years of extensive research on this mineral. Uh, within those writings, you can see effects of magnesium on the cardiovascular system. And there's other information. It's worth a read if magnesium research interests you. Um, I'll make sure to leave that link as well to Dr. Selig's work in the show notes if you want to look at it. Well, unfortunately, we are out of time for this episode, so I'm going to have to wrap it up here. But as I said before, maybe we'll have to cover cover more of this information on a future episode. Um, if you haven't already, please like and subscribe to our channel. You can also follow us on Instagram at natural man podcast and keep in touch with us on there so thank you again for joining us until next time my name is mike c stay healthy this has been the natural man podcast subscribe to our podcast for more episodes 
The information contained in this podcast is for informational and educational purposes only and is not intended to be a substitute for medical advice of any kind or to diagnose and or treat any disease. Please consult a physician for personal medical advice. Always consult a physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions regarding a medical condition. Never substitute, disregard, or delay seeking professional medical advice or treatment because of something you've heard on the Natural Man Podcast. I'm Matt Kundle, host of the Sound Off Podcast, the show about podcast and broadcast. Since 2016, we've been speaking with amazing people who have populated your ears for decades. Legendary broadcasters, research wizards, talent experts, podcasters, voice talent, almost 400 stories, all for free. Subscribe or follow the Sound Off Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or at soundoffpodcast.com. The Podcast Super Friends is a monthly meeting of five podcast producers. Hi, I'm Catherine O'Brien from Branch Out Programs in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. I'm John Gay from Jagged Detroit Podcasts. I'm Matt Kundle from the Sound Off Podcast Network. I'm David Yes from Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network. And I'm Johnny Peterson from Straight Up Podcasts. Together, they form the Podcast Super Friends, an alliance of podcast masterminds sharing best practices, insights, and discussions to help make you a better podcaster. Follow or subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or at soundoff.network. Another Sound Off Media Company podcast.